Want to stream cognitive dissonance to your Android or iPhone? Buy the app. Go to dissonancepod.com and click on the link on the right-hand side of the page. Each purchase helps support the show. Glory hole, guys. My name's Daniel. I'm a truck driver in Atlanta. I just wanted to make a proposition for everybody that we stop calling the South the Bible Belt and start calling it the Bible Pants because it holds all the religious dicks, cunts, and asses, and it ain't no place I want to be. Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. I'm recording. I am also. I hope this is not too. I'm going to try to turn the volume down a little bit on this. See what okay. happens. Tell me when. Who knows what's going to happen? I don't know. I don't know. Testing one, two. All right. Am I on? Yeah, I'm on. I can hear you. Do this. <laughs> this. Do it. Is cognitive dissonance. Every Do episode it. We bless anyone who gets it. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> You've been foiled. <laughs> we bring critical thinking. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. There's skepticism, skepticism in, right? and yeah, irreverence to any topic that makes the news, too. makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical. It's political. And there is no welcome at this is episode 135. The do it episode. Do it. <laughs> do it. <laughs> I don't even know where that came from. I'm just testing my. I'm testing my sound here just to say in something, and you started going like right in the middle of it. So, <laughs> fuck it, let's roll with it. Let's do this. Come on, man. Let's your fucking, fucking sound roll is fine, and your yeah, sound's not a. fine. They'll fucking deal. You know what? Everybody wants to complain about Cecil's sound. I'll send you your fucking money back. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> it's coming Everybody back. Everybody gets a full fucking refund. We're starting the show, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not fucking around anymore. That's it. I'll turn this thing around. <laughs> it's like my George Costanza voice. You know what I mean? I got I'll my turn George. It I'll do it. <laughs> there was shrinkage. Did you see the size of her hands, Jerry? <laughs> <laughs> Sir, first story comes from religionnews.com. Indonesian president says he believes in witchcraft. This is the part that everybody's waiting for. Susilo Bam Bang Yudahonyo. Yes! Boom! Oh, man, did I nail that one? Fucking <laughs> hey, man. I am changing my middle name <laughs> to Bam Bang. <laughs> Bam Bang! <laughs> yeah, you're like that little kid on the Flintstones. <laughs> I'm going to eat ribs so big they tip over my car. <laughs> I'm going to feed my trash to a pelican. Oh, man, that's what you got to do. Just choke it down, pelican. 
I love, as a total fucking crazy aside, I love that in that show, the animals are the stand-ins for industrial products like garbage cans or whatever. It's just like, it's just like in the Stone Age, we value life so little, we use them as garbage disposals and fucking trash cans. And we'll, vacuums. Right? We'll turn, it's like, we'll turn a dog into a table saw. We don't give a shit. Like, it's like a, <laughs> your brontosaurus is like your earth mover. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. It's like it's it, it's such like a uh, like like a Christian like everything is here for our use. Like it's just hyper yeah, right. realized, you know? Like, <laughs> exactly. The whole right? world exactly. is ours. Yeah, <laughs> I'm driving a panda bear to work. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> And then I kill one every day just so I don't have to feed it. What are those slippers made of? Babies. They're just made of babies. I don't give a shit. They're just fucking wearing babies today. Fuck it all. If it's alive and it's weaker than I am, I'm using it for something. It's fucking the polar vortex hit. I just fucking wear a coat made out of toddlers. I don't give a shit. You're like sewing together all your weaker neighbors. <laughs> it's just like made a house out of them. You just like people in wheelchairs just fucking hop on and ride them to work. <laughs> no, motherfucker. <laughs> it's the worst. Oh. oh, the Flintstones. So, Bam Bang. <laughs> that's such a great middle name. And that's awesome because really my is. son's middle name is Danger. And, like, we're having another kid and we're trying to come up with an uh, awesome middle name. Uh, and I Bam think it's going to be Bam Bang. <laughs> it, it's either that or Shazam. I think Shazam's oh, shit, a good We hadn't one too. considered Shazam. <laughs> Shazam is a great middle name. I don't know if I can get Colleen to buy that one. Like, hey, <laughs> I think we should. <laughs> It's either Bam Bang or Shabang or whatever. <laughs> it's got to be like Automatopoeia. Like the middle right. name has to be like Kaboom or something. <laughs> Curse Splash. Like, wait, that's not a name. That's just. Yeah, my it's name's Cannonball Curse Splash. Like, well, this fucking... guy's middle name is Automatopoeia too. Bam Bang. Bam Bang. It's totally Automatopoeia. Yeah. Uh, so good old Bam Bang is a uh, he, he's a dis- dis- believer in witchcraft, Cecil, and he describes right. a uh, witchcraftian experience <laughs> that he had. Witchcraftian. witchcraftian. He does. He does. Let me read it. He says there was a thick, dark cloud hovering beneath the ceiling trying to enter my bedroom. Then I asked everybody to pray and seek Allah's help. I closed the door to my room, but left the others wide open. The revolving clouds eventually headed out of my house. So basically, demons are about as smart as fucking pigeons, right? <laughs> like, you're just like, close all, close this door. If you open the other ones and just wait long enough, the pigeon will fly away, right? It's like, like you're essentially like you're waving a fart out the window. Like, that's what, that's what, you, you don't need anything to be a ghostbuster at all, except for just like a big fan. Right, it's 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 like the devil shows up and he can't get past your baby gates. You yeah. know what I mean? He's like, ah, fuck! Like God I can't figure it. these things out. Like you got baby you, gates again. <laughs> God damn it! I'm I, going back to Quiznos. <laughs> <laughs> There's no baby gates at Quiznos. <laughs> I 
love it. He though. also, you know, the other thing, he, he can't open the baby gates, but he also can't open like pill jars either. He's like, fucking, he's totally <laughs> he's like, befuddled by it. He's like, how do I get this damn thing open? I need an Advil for Christ's he's like, sakes. He's like chewing on the side of the <laughs> bottle with his sharp fucking teeth. <laughs> I also want to point out, Cecil, that this excerpt is from uh, Shabam here's 900 page book. <laughs> written by George R.R. R. Martin? <laughs> yeah, it's just it, all the whole thing is just people walking around talking to each other. Like, hey, yeah. and then we're going to walk through the forest for a while. That's the next 400 pages. And then a bunch of people died. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like a specifically uh, a bunch of died. people died. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you got like, enamored of that guy. He's fucking dead. I, I, I think, you know, like somebody was somebody on Twitter, I think, said, you know, is witchcraft any like less believable than religion or whatever. No, I don't think so. And I think to be honest, if this guy believes in religion, why wouldn't he believe in witchcraft, especially um, Islam? Because they, they have like, you know, jinns and things that are specifically like demons and whatnot that come and fucking harass people. So I don't, I can't imagine this guy not believing in this stuff. Um, but you know, again, it's a, you know, a president, it's just a president. I know, yeah. right? It's like, oh, he's just, you know, it's just a guy who is in charge of a lot of people who thinks that a fucking, a dark cloud was hovering in his house and he had to fucking shoo it away like a stinky fucking emission from his body. <laughs> the day, uh, the, the, the other line from this incredibly short but awesome article that I like um, is where it says, uh, witchcraft is prohibited in Islam. However, the practice is widespread in Indonesia. And I thought, no, it's not. The belief is widespread. Yeah. <laughs> but nobody is doing... Let me, yeah. let me make this abundantly fucking clear. Yeah. I don't care how many fucking poppets you find under the floorboards. I don't care how, much, how many times you read the fucking crucible. Like, witchcraft, you cannot do witchcraft. You can't. You can't do witchcraft because you can't do magic because that shit isn't a thing. You're jerking off. Like, that's yes. all it is. It's just mental masturbation. Yeah, it's not practice. I mean, you're not practicing it because there's nothing to fucking perfect. This guy looks like he's a Shriner, doesn't he? Yeah, he would drive around in a little car. But he looks like he needs a little it. car. Yeah, it, he's he's definitely got he just all he's missing is the red tassel. Right. If he had a tassel like a fez or whatever, those things look on oh. his head. Wouldn't it be great to meet this guy in person and just, and just like just walk up and instead of shaking his hand, just put the tassel on. Just be like, yeah. all right. Boop. It's like pin the tassel on the president. <laughs> <laughs> pin the tassel on Bam Bang and his Bam fucking Bang. narcissistic 900 page memoir. Bam Bangs also could be a professional wrestler name, too. Oh, that would be awesome. So. Cecil, what do you write in a 900 page memoir? You write about a lot of omissions. Like, seriously, like, like you'd have to have chapter after chapter, like, things that I have eaten. Yeah, right. What I have thought about while masturbating. Yeah. Chapters 34 through 175. <laughs> 175. Just little old Allah. Thank you, Chicago. So this story comes from memory.org, the Middle East Media Research Institute. Indian cleric issues anti-gay fatwa. A gay or lesbian, quote, may be burned alive, pushed from a high wall, 
or beaten publicly with stones. And I'm just glad we have options. Yeah, oh yeah. You know, you wouldn't want to you wouldn't want to narrow down the fucking horror of your religious proclamation. You got to give the faithful some choice. Cuz what if you encounter a gay person and you happen to be atop a high wall? You want to take advantage of that moment. Right. I mean, yeah. gravity Look, Allah gave us gravity for a reason. Absolutely. And if it's not to push gay people from the tops of high walls where you may or may not run into, because that's where, that's where a lot of the gay clubs are. Absolutely. A, a top yeah, high like wall. High, the highest walls you can get. Right. That's where they put them all. It's like, hey, let's go clubbing at the top of that high wall. <laughs> Fucking what? <laughs> like, all you have to do is read the punishments to realize right. how outdated it is. Right. Yeah. Like, it's like, because, you know, when this was done, you know, in, when this fucking barbaric practice practice was taking place, the very, uh, you know, the technological limits were rocks, fire and piles of bigger rocks. Right. Exactly. It's yeah. like this is when cities had city walls. Right. To protect you from fucking like marauders in the desert. I mean, this is almost like saying, like, we're going to kill you with either rock, paper or scissors. <laughs> it's. But they didn't have the technology yet for either paper or scissors. Well, it'd be like it'd be like reading. It'd be like, well, you get to be trod to death by oxen or something like that. Right. Like today, where the fuck would you find enough oxen to trod somebody? To <laughs> you'd be like, oh, well, we can't use that anymore. Yeah, right. We couldn't even like like around here. You couldn't even be like pulled apart by horses. Right. You know, I guess horsepower might Horsepower. They'd have yeah. to they'd have to fucking find the metaphor in there some way to twist it. The well, thing like that a Ford Mustang. That's what right. You oh yeah, yeah. Well, and yeah, if you do, you just get cars that are named after horses then that yeah, would work. There you go. Um I think, you know, the thing that that was really kind of shocking here was it it all it said in it was in India and it also was, you know, not only uh did the Islamic people want to make sure that there was, you know, some sort of uh, rules or whatever, but the Hindu people also had the same sort of thing. It said the judgment came on a petition to which several Islamic and Hindu religious groups were party. So Hindu religious groups were also looking for, you know, anti-gay laws, which I, you know, I, I had no idea. I didn't I mean because I don't know fuck all about Hinduism, but I had no idea it was, uh, you know, also bigoted. Well, isn't it amazing how religious groups that are <clears throat> diametrically and philosophically opposed to one another will come together to discriminate against like they're they're like they're like holding hands like, oh, man, you don't like that group of people either. Oh, I also dislike that minority group or that, you know, like that's the bonding force. Like when that's the bonding force of your, you know, re religious uh, coming together, like your reconciliation when that's what what brings together uh, th these two philosophically opposed ideals is your fucking hatred of a minority class. Like you're doing everything wrong at that point. Like you, you've gotten every part of this wrong. And my thesis is people will have been conditioned long before the Antichrist comes to accept governmental overreach. And that's what you're seeing with President Obama. Okay. Now, for right those now. who don't know the Bible, this is based on what? Walk us through how you reach that conclusion that there's going to be a powerful leader, yes. not necessarily in the United States, right? That's right. It could be anyone. Right. Who's then going to kind of galvanize the world in warfare against 
religious people, all right? Now, how did you arrive at that conclusion? Well, that's been the historic belief of the church for 2,000 years. Which church? Uh, the Christian church. Even Jews look forward to it. In Daniel chapter 7, they believe that there is going to be a world dictator. Uh, Daniel chapter 7 in the Old Testament right. talks about it. Revelation chapter 13 in the Bible talks about it as well. And as you pointed out, Bill, he's not only going to usurp people's personal freedoms, he's going to wage war against uh, God's own people. He's going to seek to change God's moral law, according to Daniel 7, now we had that we had that to some extent, a pretty vivid extent, in World War II yes. with Hitler and the Nazis. Yes. And then we had it on a lesser extent with Stalin and the communists. Um, both ideologies tried to wipe out Christian beliefs uh, and philosophies. So this is going to be like that, worse than that? It's going to be worse than that. And I want to be clear to say to the folks, I'm not saying President Obama is the Antichrist. In fact, I'm sure he's not, because the Antichrist is going to have higher poll numbers, according to the Bible, at least at the beginning. But I believe he is conditioning people to accept governmental overreach, which they will finally give into when this final dictator comes, whether that's 10 years from now or 1,000 years from now. So the next story comes from media at the <laughs> mediaite i can't i love this I love story this so much <laughs> pastor tells o'reilly how obama is laying the groundwork for the antichrist pastor robert jeffries jeffer jeffress jeffress sat down with bill jeffress uh, sat down with Bill O'Reilly Monday night to argue that President Obama is laying the groundwork for the rise of the Antichrist because he is conditioning people to rely on governor or government support and says that there will be a future world dictator before Christ returns who's going to usurp people's personal rights and change God's laws without any opposition so people have been conditioned long before the Antichrist comes to accept government overreach and that is what you're seeing with President Obama. Phew. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because what? No, I mean, didn't you see the law that he put in? Like President Obama helped pen a law with uh, with the heads of uh, of the legislature, and he was like, you know, if the Antichrist is ever on the ballot, he automatically wins. That's one of the laws that I think he put in place during his power. Right? Isn't that one of the things that he's well, referring it wasn't to? A law. I think it was an executive. Oh yeah, it's like yeah. one of those one of those signing statements or whatever. Right. He was just like fucking I just did this thing. It's an executive action or whatever it's called. I can't remember the name of it. It's it, but you know, I mean it's everybody knows it. I mean everybody knows. This is the uh antichrist initiation bill of 2000. Right. Right. Made up. I like to because he's, he he goes out of his way to say that Obama's not the antichrist because I'm going to read he says I'm not saying President Obama is the Antichrist. In fact, I'm sure he's not because the Antichrist is going to have higher poll numbers. And I think that that's totally true. I mean, you know, the Antichrist is going to have a really great campaign team. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, going to definitely have a good campaign. And you can't have a better suit than like one of those black suits with like a black shirt and the red tie. Like that is that's a winning suit right there. Well, the thing is that that the Antichrist's super PAC is fucking money, dude. It's oh, yeah. fucking money. I oh, mean, yeah. they are raising dough. 
They're like, they're buying a lot of ad space, some good airtime, primetime slots. Primetime slots. You're just watching. You know, know, like they take, basically take like NCIS off the air and just, it's just a one hour ad for that person. (laughs) I heard that next year, actually, the whole Super Bowl is just going to be the kickoff. And then an ad for the Antichrist for right. three and, that's and a half it. hours. And that's the entire and that, thing. And then they'll show the score at the end. Yeah. You know, that's it. There's like a kickoff and then just the Antichrist ads. And the Antichrist ads are very persuasive. You know, the Antichrist comes out there and, you know, there's like fucking clouds of smoke and, you know, the screams of the tortured souls from hell. And then, you know, he comes out and he's all... But he's, you know, he's got a fiddle. And that's the thing that, that a lot of people, that's what gets him. He's like, oh, I got a fiddle. Oh, well, then fucking where's my ballot? I need to vote for this guy. Yeah. So that's because he feels I hope they call me on good. the phone because I really want to make his approval rating high. You know, I want to make sure there's approval ratings through the roof. In all seriousness, though, I mean, this is crazy. <laughs> this is obviously this a crazy person that Bill O'Reilly had on. But Bill O'Reilly doesn't have a small show. No, he's Bill O'Reilly doesn't show. have like a tiny group of people that watch him. Bill O'Reilly has a huge reach, an enormous reach. And Bill O'Reilly is giving this guy airtime who's talking about how our president, well, come on, he's not the Antichrist, but he's clearly evil or he's at least working for evil. You know, you are specifically uh, attacking this, you know, this, this, this president, not his, you know, not saying, look, we shouldn't be doing government support because of these reasons. You're not saying that. You're not even giving a good logical reason why we shouldn't be giving government support or doing government support. You're specifically appealing to people's emotions. You're specifically appealing to people's fears of the Antichrist. You're using God and revelation and all that bullshit to scare people into how they're going to vote. That's a terrifying thing. I mean, we were in a fucking conversation, Tom, this last week. Um, we were on Adam Reek's show, uh, The Herd Mentality, and we were in a conversation. Now, this conversation got cut from the show, but we were specifically in a conversation with that Tim guy, and he was like, oh, well, you know, religious people, they don't do a lot of harm. Well, this is a fucking clearly they're going to do some harm here because they're not even arguing the point anymore. Yeah, you know, the, like the idea that, that the president is um, off limits for criticism is not an idea you and I would espouse for any president. No. This one or the next one or the one prior. You know, like, <clears throat> let's criticize. But you know what What galls me, too, about this, Cecil, is it's like, we're saying, you know, what he's saying here is like, well, the people are going to rely on government support. Okay. Which form of government support? You're not even defining your terms. No. Like, they're, they're not, he's not, he's not outlining a specific uh, plan. He's not outlining any, anything specific at all. Instead, it's just... You know, hey, well, the government is going to help more people and that's then the people will want that help. And then that's the devil. And you're just like, fucking, what are you saying? What are you fucking saying? I don't even understand specifically what expansion to governmental aid programs he's trying to criticize. What expansion? I'm not even sure what expansions have taken place specifically that this guy is opposed to. He's not opposed to anything. He's just worried about the fucking devil, dude. He's just worried about the devil. And I don't even know how to think about that. They're using this, like you say, this this nonspecific language saying government support. He's going to make people rely on government support. Government support like 
Uh, the government to fight our wars? Is that what we, the support we're going to be looking for? Government to clean our roads, to take care of our roads, to maintain them? Government to put our fires out, to take care of the police and uh, and crime and things like that? Government support to pay the, the city workers to clean the streets and collect the garbage? Is that the government support we're talking about here? What government support are we talking about? Yeah, like, I, have, I have no idea. Know, Is it are, welfare? Are we saying that people just live off the government? Is, is it is it like is it the expansion of unemployment? I mean, is that is that something that like the devil is going to show up now, like fucking two days earlier than he was going to because fucking somebody got an unemployment check? That I don't even understand what the complaint and the is. is. Like, and the thing is, be like, like, look, it's not fucking the good life that they're on. What do you think they'd be happy that they're on fucking unemployment? They're like, fucking, there's no jobs. This sucks. Right. Nobody's fucking happy to be like, fucking, man, this is awesome. I can't wait to get my fucking unemployment check. Man, I can't wait to not lay around nobody. the house. Yeah. I right. don't want to make sure to say, not saying nobody, because I know there's people out there that, that do game the system. So don't send us letters and be like, well, I think there are people who do the. I know there are people who do it, but that's not a majority of the people on fucking unemployment don't do it. Right. Of course not, man. I mean, it's a, it's, it, the majority of people on unemployment desperately want employment. Yeah. Like, that's. <laughs> But we, but I mean that's we've talked about this so many times like the the idea that that there's this whole subclass of people that is significant numerically that wants nothing more than to wake up every morning with no fucking purpose in their life other than to walk to the mailbox and get a check from the government is a myth. It doesn't exist. It's there is no subclass of people who want. I mean there might be individuals, but there is not a, a significant numeric class of citizens who just. You don't want to wake up every morning and do nothing. Nobody feels good about themselves doing that. So we're going to take a break, give you some information, then we're going to come back and do the rest of the show. Want to get in touch with the show? Send an email to dissonance.podcast at gmail.com. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at dissonance underscore pod. Like the podcast page on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash dissonance pod or just type cognitive dissonance into the Facebook search bar. Want your voice featured on our show? Leave a short message on our Google Voice at 740-74-DOUBT. That's 740-743-6828. Visit DissonancePod.com to see the news stories featured in the show, buy apps and merchandise, or just leave a comment. And to everyone who helps spread the word about the show by sharing it, tweeting it, and rating it on iTunes, glory hole, you fucking rock. So this story comes from the BBC. Pakistan polio workers shot dead in Karachi. Um, and this sucks. Three polio workers have been killed in the southern Pakistan city of Karachi um, a day after authorities began a new vaccination drive. Uh, the reason I think I wanted to talk about this story is this comes hot on the heels of some recent good news in the fight against polio, which is that India has been declared polio free. Uh, and that's a big fucking deal. Um, and vaccinations hold the power to rid the planet, to fucking eradicate like the dodo diseases from this planet. Like that, like extinction is something we're good at as a people. Like yeah, that's oh yeah. something we do very, very well. Uh, we've only done it once with a disease, and that was smallpox. We fucking got rid of that fucking scourge. And here we have polio, which is also a fucking horrifying, crippling, uh, murderous disease that needs to go. 
And we are on the cusp and have been on the cusp of destroying polio and eradicating it from planet Earth, never to reappear, hopefully. Um, and it is really fucking annoying uh, and, and upsetting that the actions of the American government, really, and the CIA in particular, um, are, is making this fight much more difficult, Cecil, than it needs to be. Yeah, I mean, first of all, it's it's, you know, occupying and being involved in so much shit in the Middle East as it is in both Iraq and Afghanistan doesn't win you a lot of fucking favors. You know what I mean? It's not like, you know, and drone striking fucking weddings. And, you know, I mean, like, like if you could fuck up any worse in the Middle East, you would have to be Russia. Like, that's the only (laughs) like there's no other fucking group of people that have fucked up worse than us. It's just ridiculous. And then we send CIA workers over there to pose. They're not even fucking distributing real fucking vaccines either. Like insult to injury. They're not even giving people vaccines. They're just fucking posing as people giving up. I mean, it, it's awful. It's a stupid fucking dumb plan. Some dumb fuck thought it up. You know, the amount of people that die from polio is is low. But, you know, it could be a lot worse if people aren't getting vaccinated from it. Sometimes. You just got to think, well, maybe we just don't need the intelligence. Maybe we could just save some people's lives here. Right. I mean, did they have to pose as vaccine workers? Couldn't they have posed as fucking falafel sales? I mean, like <laughs> fucking Google we have... fiber salesmen or something <laughs> right. like like what the Kirby vacuum guys like couldn't they have been selling fucking vector industries products? Anything other than vaccines? Right. Like, Cutco knives. Right. <laughs> right. Anything for fuck's sake anything it's it's so distressing that it's like oh man what can we use to gain the public trust and then betray that trust horribly no kidding no kidding fucking, if somebody if somebody in fucking the united states gets polio they seriously have the cia to blame for exactly it. who's that guy on the other side of the glory hole it's jesus so this story comes from ChristianPost.com. Maryland youth pastor charged with child porn after police allegedly sees images of raped babies Fuck. found on computer. I, I fucking just even reading it. You're just like, oh, my God, I got to say I have to say raped babies. Yeah, I fucking really have to say that. God. Like I woke up this morning and was not planning to say that. Yeah. That's fucking <laughs> awful. So fucking. Grumpy McRed Eyes here in the picture is uh, accused of some pretty awful shit. The the thing that I think is notable to me about this story um, is kind of how it was handled. Um, So this guy was a uh, youth pastor for the Methodist Church, um, and I think this is interesting. So the Methodist Church has a safe sanctuary policy meant to protect children within their ministries from abuse, as well as protect vulnerable staff members. We are diligent in our policy's implementation, and because of this, we feel confident that this guy, Robert Wright, was never left alone with any of the youth. The church enforces a two-adult rule in which a minor has to be accompanied by two adults in each classroom. And in a situation where only one adult is able to be present, the policy requires that doors remain open. Part of the policy includes prohibiting staff from serving at any United Methodist Church in any capacity if they are convicted of or have a history of sexual misconduct. Uh, involving a minor or another adult. And I read this and I'm just like, well, that's how it's done. Yeah. Like, that's how it's, that's how you, that's how you address this thing. Like yep. you got creepers creeping. You 
try to make it an inhospitable environment for creepers. Yeah, there's I mean, there's just no there's nowhere to go if you're a, if you're a, a diddler. You just I mean, you know, you're you're playing a fucking your own fiddle because there's I mean, there's no way <laughs> that you're going to be able to grab a hold of any of the kids. And it's it's great. I think that the, the other reason that this is important, you know, when people say like, you know, people will say, well, this is just a you know random thing or whatever. The problem that people that I have when when, you know, youth pastors and, you know, people in charge of children are found to this stuff or they wind up diddling kids and they're involved with the church. You know, the thing is, is when you, Tom, when you go out and you find like a sitter, you vet the sitter or if you were to get a nanny, you would vet the nanny. You would you would have some sort of background check, something you would do to make sure you vetted that person. You wouldn't leave the most important person in your life with somebody else who's just some random person you wouldn't just be like put an ad on craigslist and just be like come on over <laughs> and it's just the first person who walks to the door it doesn't matter what they look like you knock whatever just come on in yeah whatever <laughs> we'll babysit for food off the yeah. side of the road <laughs> yeah, exactly right <laughs> the problem is is that youth pastors and youth and not just youth pastors but also people that are uh you know that are religious the, the people is the, the fact is that the people who are going to them, they are using the fact that they're religious as the background check. Right. That's their background check. So they're not checking up on these people. They're just saying, well, he's part of my church. So he's got to be good. Well, you know, sometimes they're not. Yeah. <laughs> right. Clearly <laughs> they're not. Because, you know, like. Like, raping baby porn is not a thing that normal people fucking look at. I can't even imagine. So, so fucking, this is not a thing that a normal person would do. So you can't be like, you can't make this argument like where you're just like, well, he's part of my church, so therefore that's the background. That's not the background check. That's not what you need to do. And it's, you know, it's great that this this particular church had these, these sort of safeguards in place, but... There's many other places, and Sean Faircloth's book talks about it. There's many other places that don't have these same safeguards yep. because they are exempt from those safeguards because they're religious institutions. Exactly. Illinois has that where you don't have to have the same safeguards in place as a normal daycare that's a secular daycare or a non-religious affiliated daycare. So this is – you can't just use religiosity – as a way to safeguard your children, there has to be these extra things in place to make sure your children are safe. You're all dead. Oh, be nice. Oh, my son doesn't stand a chance. The whole world's gone gay. Oh, my God. What's happening now? We work hard. We play hard. So this story comes from the raw story, and his story was sent to us by a listener. Thank you, Brett. I think. Yeah. Ugh. I don't know what to say thank you when I look at this woman's bald spot. I don't know how to say thank you. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> they like a 7 million candle power light on the top of this woman's head oh, or what? Oh, man. It's fucking awful. Um, She's also the type of person whose cheeks almost meet at the nose. <laughs> no. They're trying to. It, it, she really is like a woman whose nose is trying to eat her. Her face is trying to eat her nose. And it's winning. Like, it's, it's going winning. to get there. It's winning. It's winning. Chicago GOP hopeful. Oh, God. Sometimes it's shit you got to read. Autism and dementia are God's punishments for LGBT rights. 
says a woman made entirely out of hot dogs. (laughs) (laughs) I see one sticking up. I see one. There's one in the foreground there. Gosh, you... (laughs) (laughs) It's horrible. Candidate Suzanne Atanas believes that autism and forms of dementia are punishment sent by God because of the growing support for marriage equality in the country and the prevalence of abortion. Um, At an endorsement session with the Daily Herald, she said, I am a conservative Republican, and I believe in God first. God controls the weather, she said, and tornadoes are evidence of his wrath. (laughs) They are. She then followed that by doing the chicken dance in the middle of the house floor. I like to think of her name as At Anus. (laughs) I have never seen an anus that unattractive. Um, (laughs) We are going to get tons of shit for this. I know. It's terrible. But it's. it's, The thing is, like. She's ugly on the inside too. No, yeah, absolutely. You know I mean? Yeah, absolutely. When I mean she she says, "We are provoking him with abortions and same-sex marriage and civil unions." She said, "Same-sex activity is is going to increase AIDS, and if it's in our military or weaken our military, we need to respect God." You are a fucking idiot. I hope you get no votes. I hope you get negative votes, you idiot. <laughs> negative like, what, votes? what what dumb fuck? You know, first off, the people who have the kids who have autism and forms of dementia are punishment that of the growing support of marriage equality. There's been autism for you know all of the time, and there hasn't been marriage equality for all of the time. Yeah, and there's autism in countries that don't have marriage equality. Well, was he? Yeah, was he like fucking? Was he just like throwing in the autism kids just as a you know just warming it up so he could really throw it at them when when the marriage equality hit? And what kind of a dick move would it be to just give some people? seemingly at random autistic children. <laughs> right. Like, it's not like the autistic children are all in fucking, like, the fucking Upper West Side. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, right. not like, it's not like, <laughs> it's not like everybody, that, it's, the autism, it's like, there's still fucking autistic kids, you know, that are, that are born to, uh, you know, hardcore right-wing, super religious families. Like, God just like, oh, I'm so mad, I'll give autism. Fucking some people, but not the fucking, not the ones you disagree with. No, fucking just randomly give people yes. autism. <laughs> what? I need but, I need one of those big giant generator ball generators where I can like play bingo up here and just be like, okay, it's gonna be <laughs> this person. Bob Jones gets an autistic kid. Next ball. I give old people dementia. Why? What does that prove? Fucking nothing. I'm God. I do what I want. I'm I don't know. Angry about all the things. <laughs> just. Just just strike them down, but not quickly, slowly, and in a way that sends no message whatsoever. And if I don't see a tornado in five minutes, I'm kicking somebody's ass. <laughs> you know what I'll you know what I, you know what, what a tornado would be really interesting is in fucking winter. You yeah. know what I mean? Like sure. God controls the weather. It's yeah. like, mm, then give me a hurricane in the winter. Give me a fucking hurricane in the fucking winter. Oh no, that's not how hurricanes work, right? They need fucking warm water. Not if you're made of magic. Like you're actually made out of magic. (laughs) So Right. Yeah, no, exactly. Like I just fucking you know, I want to see some crazy disaster fucking make a tsunami hit fucking Illinois. I know, right? Where's your tsunami at, bitch? (laughs) Or like an earthquake and all the like the cracks spell something. Yeah. You know, like and not just like 
like one letter, like, oh, it's a T. And that's a fucking intersection of cracks. That's not something. Like, I wanted to spell a fucking words. Like, stop with the gay marriage already. <laughs> this is God. <laughs> right? If a fucking earthquake yeah. hits and that's yeah. what fucking is in the I-80, you know, like in the road in I-80, if it says stop with the... Can he send a fucking better message than just randomly delivering diseases to fucking helpless children? Like, that's the worst message ever. That'd be like if an employee at your office fucking was, like, eating someone's lunch out of the refrigerator, and so you came into work and stabbed three random people with pencils. <laughs> you don't try to find out who it is. You don't, like, try to seek out the culprit. You don't try to stop it. You don't right. try to, you know, you don't put out a memo. No, you just light your office on fire. <laughs> it's like, fucking burn it all. <laughs> Do you give people who make this case that that was the beginning and that there had to be something that provoked the beginning, do you give them an A at least for trying to reconcile faith and reason? Um, I don't think they're reconcilable. What do you mean? Well, well, so let me say that differently. All efforts that have been invested by brilliant people of the past have failed at that exercise. They just fail. And so I don't, I, I don't, the track record is so poor that going forward I have essentially zero confidence, near zero confidence, that there will be fruitful things to emerge from the effort to reconcile them. So, for example, if you, if you knew nothing about science and you read, say, the Bible, the Old Testament, which in Genesis is an account of nature, that's, that's what that is. And I said to you, give me your description of the natural world based only on this. You would say the world was created in six days and that stars are just little points of light, much lesser than the sun. And in fact, they can fall out of the sky, right? Because that's what happens during, during the um, revelation. One of the signs that yeah. the second coming is that the stars will fall out of the sky and land on earth. So it's even right that means you don't know what those things are. You have no concept of what the actual universe is. So everybody who tried to make proclamations about the physical universe based on Bible passages got the wrong answer. This story comes from the Friendly Atheist blog. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson explains why he believes faith and reason are irreconcilable. And Cecil, I think the reason is he listens to our show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think this is great. One of the parts he says, he says, um, you know, one of the signs of the second coming is that the stars will fall out of the sky and land on Earth. <laughs> and I, I, I quote Neil deGrasse Tyson here. He says, to even write that means you don't know how those things are. You have no concept of what the actual universe is. So everybody who tried to make the proclamations about the physical universe based on Bible, Bible passages got the wrong answer. Huh. Where have I heard that Where before? Where did that come from? Where wow. have I heard that before? That's so amazing. <laughs> All those people that are like, hey, that's a fucking groan-worthy straw man. Get your pencils out and start fucking writing to, to, to Tyson now. I want to fucking hear you guys. I want to hear your guys' letters you wrote to fucking Neil deGrasse Tyson about how it's a nuanced fucking book and you didn't understand it. Go send it to Neil deGrasse Tyson because obviously he didn't understand Revelations either. Dude. Revelation, <laughs> Revelation. Yeah, it's it's kind of great. He says, uh, 
All efforts that have been invested by brilliant people of the past have failed at that exercise. He's talking about the exercise of reconciling faith and science. They just fail. And so I don't. The track record is so poor that going forward, and I love this, I have essentially zero confidence, near zero confidence, that there will be fruitful things to emerge from the efforts to reconcile them. So, for example, if you knew nothing about science and you read, say, the Bible, the Old Testament, which in Genesis is an account of nature, that's what it is. And I said to you, give me your description of the natural world based only on this. You would say the world was created in six days and the stars are just little points of light, much lesser than the sun. And that, in fact, they can fall out of the sky, right? Because that's what happens during the revelation. Fucking awesome. And then he goes on to say... So what happened then was when science discovers things and you want to stay religious or you want to continue to believe that the Bible is unerring, what you would do is you would say, well, let me go back to the Bible and reinterpret it. Then you'd say things like, oh, well, they didn't really mean that literally. They meant that figuratively. Okie dokie then. Yeah. Well, and then, and then, you know, like the thing we were talking about earlier is like, okay, well, if they didn't mean it literally and they meant it figuratively, what does it mean then? What, what's the purpose of it then? Because you're basically saying the, the Bible is the, is the, you know, the inerrant word of God. It's the thing that is written down by God to his people to help him, them understand him, right? It's to understand this creator who created the entire universe, created us, created the world, fucking got his little fucking rubber ducky and small arc out and put everything on it for the fucking bath time. And then afterwards, like fucking like did all the things with the little fucking plates and the 10 commandments. And all. I mean, like all those little stories, he wanted us to know those things, right? Are they literally true? No, they're all metaphors. Metaphors for what? What are they metaphors for? Right. Because a lot of the times the metaphors don't even make any sense. And when somebody tells me, well, you know, revelation isn't supposed to be taken literally. Revelation is something that was written back then for uh, for the time. Okay, well, then why the fuck is it in the Bible then? Because if it's a metaphor, then I don't understand it now. And everybody that reads it now, lots of people that read it now are taking it literally. So it's even it's actually causing more harm now than it did back then. Yeah, you know, the, the thing is, too, like that idea that like the well, the, the Bible is, you know, so it's it's poetic. It's beautiful. It's you know, it's written in this in this language of poetry. OK, fine. Um, but for what purpose? Is that the most efficient way to communicate a fucking incredibly urgent message? Is this not an incredibly urgent message? The stakes couldn't be any higher. Right. These are the highest possible stakes. Get it right. And you go and have eternal bliss with the creator of all things. Okay. Get it wrong. And you are tortured for all eternity in the pit of hell. Like that's the stakes are super high. The stakes are higher than if you were given like a fucking bomb disposal kit. And instead of it saying, cut the blue wire, it said, cut the wire less taken. Right? Like you wouldn't use poetry. <laughs> you wouldn't use poetry to defuse a bomb and the stakes are nowhere near as high. You would never do that. Like you would never be like, uh, fucking, what do I do? Uh, uh, when I stopped on a snowy night, fuck, what? This is not clear. <laughs> like it's not how things are done. That's I cut not the how wire you... less taken and it made all the diffusion. <laughs> right? <laughs> 
That's not how clear messages are given. Right. No, it's totally true. It's absolutely true. And I and I think, you know, if we're talking about history, it's not even written like history. That's the thing is people are like, well, it's a it's a it's a history of the Roman fight or whatever it is. And it's like, well, I fucking can't even understand it then. Like it's not even written for me to understand. It's written in a fucking weird, you know, metaphorical way that the fucking they basically made a code and threw away the key. Yeah, no kidding. It's like awesome. Well, I don't have time for puzzles, okay? If I want a fucking puzzle, I'll play Sudoku. I'm not going to play fucking what does revelation mean? That's not a game I want to play. So, I think I think this is fucking this is absolutely the right way to look at this. Um, and I still stand by what we did, so fuck you. <laughs> I do, too. So this next story comes from Right Wing Watch. Uh, Brian Fisher, only property owners should be eligible to vote. On his radio show yesterday, Brian Fisher called for ending Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, food stamps, as well as the elimination of the minimum wage, all in order to help the poor. Okay. And then he goes on to say that, you know, back in the day, the colonial period, you had to be a landowner, a property owner to be eligible to vote. And I don't think that's a bad idea. Well, you're just fucking wrong, Brian Fisher. (laughs) I actually think he's on the right track. I actually think that people with houses that are over 250,000 should get two votes. There you go. But what, right? what happens during like when the housing bubble bursts? You get uh, does your vote get reassessed? I guess, I, yeah, I guess it's difficult. Yeah, and what if it got, inflation brings people up to two hundred fifty thousand? So maybe I don't know how you would word that. Then you're right. You got to get difficult. an appraiser out to vote. Yeah, it's true. That's you it's know tough. the ultra rich not only already have the votes locked up because of lobbying and campaign contributions. Now they can lock them up completely because they basically allow you know they would only be able to uh, vote if you have property, right? Because the only people in this country that because could I vote if I had a mortgage? Because I don't technically own my condo. Well, you own the condo, but you have a lien against the condo. But you're still the record owner. Oh, okay. So I, I so yeah. a mortgage would allow me to vote then if I had a mortgage. Yeah, you would you would be able to vote. But would your would your interest be clouded by a cloud on your title? You know, would you would you be able to vote, but just sort of kinda? What if you had two properties? Did you get to do you get to vote in all the counties those properties are located in? <clears throat> so if I have a summer home in fucking Naples, like if I got a summer home in Florida and I got my regular home here in Illinois, do I get a vote in Florida? I would say by this system, I would demand one. And could I buy tiny parcels of land to buy a vote could i buy like a checkerboard size parcel yeah Yeah. how big a part because i could just i could just buy you know hundred in every county i could just have a one foot by one foot piece of land that's mine or the minimum size that they would sell you you could make a fucking fortune basically then selling votes you know you buy all you'd have to do is buy you know in in an area uh, you know, buy, you know, an acre of property and then sell it a square inch at a time. And you're selling votes at that point. Yeah. You know, no, I or mean, you- they, there's a reason why this is a stupid system, right? right. <laughs> because it disenfranchised. First, not only does it, it does it allow for stupidity like this to occur because it doesn't make any sense, but then also it disenfranchises the fucking poor. Like, I mean, it has another way in which to disenfranchise the poor. The poor already don't have a lobbyist, right, on their side that's in there like fucking, hey, we should take care of the poor, guys. Here's all this fucking lobby. Oh, wait. No, there's no lobby money. Nope. No real interest in your fuck on your fucking part to do anything at all for the poor at all. Then the, the idea here he's talking about, he says on his radio show yesterday, Brian Fisher called for an ending of Social Security 
Medicare, Medicaid, food stamps, as well as the elimination of the minimum wage, all in order to help the poor and those struggling to make ends meet? What is this fucking bizarro world? <laughs> the fuck are you? What the fuck does that even mean? He wants to end Social Security? Do you want to talk about fucking, you know how many people would just die if Social Security fucking ended? Right. I mean, what the fuck are they going to do? Yeah. Well, you've ended that at the same time that you ended Medicare and Medicaid? Just You should just hand out guns at every nursing home. No kidding, right? Are you kidding Or they me? should just fucking make death race a thing. <laughs> you just got to Logan's run the old people. Yeah, right, exactly. They got a little button on their hand. They just blow up. Like, do you not understand that all of those things are there to help the poor and struggling? Not fucking, not cutting them is going to help the poor and struggling? This is the problem, I think. And, you know, this is the one of those things. It's this... We have this mindset in this country of this rugged individualism, right? It's one of those back backbones of our of our thinking, blah, blah, blah. And it leaks its way into business. And business has this feeling, right? Rugged individualism. I could pull myself up by my bootstraps. I can be this guy and I could take care of, you know, uh, I, I'm taking care of myself and, you know, my business is here for profit and whatever. You know, the idea that that business is there to help the community is not a thing we even think about anymore. We don't even think about that. But that is that is in many parts of the world, it is part of the way people think about business. They think about business as not just a business to make money. It's a business here to help the community. We don't think about it that way. This guy seems to think that somehow helping the community is an anathema. It's a bad thing. This is a this, you know, we need to be so strong on our own. We don't we shouldn't be taking the help from other people. Well, you know, we live in a society that specifically disenfranchises millions of people. It takes the power away from them. It takes uh, wealth earning away from them. It puts them in a cycle that they cannot get out of without any help. They would be stuck. I mean, basically have to create mega slums to keep them in because there would be absolutely no way for them to get out of this poverty. But somehow this guy thinks, well, if you just took away all the fucking support structures, they would somehow magically fucking hang glide out of that. Well, sure. And then they'll all get great, you know, high paying living wage jobs at the fucking... Nothing factories. Yeah, right. right? <laughs> because we don't have industry anymore. You know, we've got we got the service industry, which pays for shit. You've got, you know, the tech industry. That's reasonably strong. You've got a few, you know, strong industries. But you, you don't have, you know, the, the, the middle class for the longest time was built on, uh, on, on this uh, backbone of physical industry, physical infrastructure. Right. And that's gone. You know, and... While it's a good thing in some ways that 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 we've become a society that trades uh, on intellectual products more than it does on physical products, there are still vast numbers of people who are never going to. I'm just just there's never going to earn their living in the tech sector. There's not. They're never going to earn their living in in this sort of realm of the intellect they're not going to be doctors and lawyers they're not going to be fucking executives they're just they're not going there are less of those jobs than there used to be jobs putting cars together building refrigerators assembling televisions america still has a need for those jobs because we have employees employees rather that that need those jobs we have a workforce that requires that but we don't have the industry anymore to to pay them we don't have a way to make a living, to make a living wage, unless we take social measures from outside the capital, you know, the free market workforce, Until unless we do something to say, 
we're going to create living wages and we're going to create a social safety net. Well, how can you take away industry in this country? Watch it collapse. Watch the collapse of, you know, big steel and, you know, the automotive industries and the manufacturing industries and the textile industries. You watch all those things collapse. You replace them with things that hire vastly less people. And then you pull away the safety net and you wonder, why are you poor? Well, yeah. I don't fucking know, because you did, what am I supposed to do? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! So this one also comes from Right Wing Watch, and it's also with fucking Fisher. Fisher scientifically proves that transgender people can cure themselves through prayer. I fucking love this. Who are the people operating in the realm of science, Fisher asked. Well, it's us. <laughs> Because we know you're either male or female by DNA assigned to them at the moment of conception by a creator God who doesn't make those kind of mistakes. Fisher went on to assert that there is something wrong with the thinking of every transgender person caused by the fact that they have listened to lies implanted in their minds by Satan. So I think we've jumped the science train pretty early here, Cecil. Right? <laughs> I, fucking What? If we embrace the truth that we find in the scriptures, Fisher concluded, well, again, scienced, uh, that you are either male or female, DNA does lie. Hmm, before it didn't. Anyway, anatomy doesn't life. I think there's a bad transcript. And you take authority over any lie that comes into your mind, then you eventually will be thinking straight about your sexual identity. So we're the ones that are operating in the realm of science here said the man who spoke no sciencing. Right. <laughs> I think it's funny. You know, it's, it's it's funny that a guy who, you know, thinks that revelation is literally true, that a star is going to fall onto Earth, also believes in DNA. Like, I think that's funny, that he thinks DNA is an actual thing. Like, because if you believe revelation is literally true, then you then you would not think that the stars are big enough to destroy the Earth, right? Because if you think it's literally true, then you literally think stars are going to fall to the Earth. Yes. So so then why do you suddenly believe in DNA? Have you seen a DNA? Yeah. Have you seen any? Because there's <laughs> pictures of stars. Right. You're, not, you're choosing not to believe in those. You know, the, the very fact that a biblical literalist would even talk about DNA is, is puzzling to me. But beyond that fact, I think – I think that uh, that somebody put this the best on our site. I think somebody said this on Facebook maybe. Somebody said this is actually a, probably a good sign because it means that they moved past homosexuals and now they're moving on to transgenders. They're already sort of conceding one battle and moving on to the next battlefield. And, you know, maybe that is a good thing. And I do think that transgender people is a, is the next sort of frontier, right? We We've, we've sort of worked our way up past – uh, homosexuals, where homosexuals are starting to get the ball rolling in their position now, where people are starting to say, okay, we want civil unions. Okay, well, civil unions aren't good enough. We're going to have gay marriage, and that's okay. And different places are popping up all over the states that are having both civil unions and gay marriage. Soon, I think that transgender people will probably be fighting up against some of these same problems. I know that they have some laws that are trying to be put in place where transgender people can choose which bathroom they want to use. Um, they can choose to use the bathroom that they identify with instead of the one that they are 
sexually, like their sexual organs designate they go to. And I know that there's laws in place, the starting to put laws in place for those sorts of things. So again, this is the new battlefront. This is going to be the new thing. Uh, you know, letting transgender people be fucking human beings. Yeah. And it's interesting that, that you would even try to use the veil of science, because I, I think that what you do when you say that is you say, OK, well, science is the more powerful tool. And so that's why I want to bring it out of the toolbox. Now, I don't know how to use it. I don't know how to wield it. But by asserting its power, I'm saying or, or, or by, by laying, laying claim to truth through science, I'm saying there is power here. Right. So I think that's a good sign, too. I think it's a great sign when the religious nuts start <clears throat> trying to use the uh, and terribly, terribly, terribly um, in this example. I mean, this is awful. I'm surprised he didn't try to climb up DNA like a fucking ladder. Right. No kidding. You know? like, <laughs> listen, I know my whole alphabet, not just three letters. Like, yeah. That's not. Oh, my gosh. Wow. All right. But seriously, when they start using science, they're, they're basically saying like science is really the better way to know the world. And that's why I'm going to appeal to you in my argument using the tools and rhetoric of science because it's a better way of knowing about the world. I understand that and implicitly recognize it. You understand that and implicitly recognize it. And therefore, I'm going to employ that as my primary sales tool because the religious tools are failing and they're continuing to fail. They're not, it's not like young people are fucking flocking to the church. No, right. but I mean, that's just not happening. It also seems to me like this guy... He clearly lives in a world that I just can't even understand because oh, yeah. it, for, for me, it feels like what he's saying is like there's, you know, he says, well, it's us because we know we're you're either male or female. DNA assigned to them the, uh, the moment of contraception by the creator, God, who doesn't make those kind of mistakes. And it's like, like, what is God up there with a cookie cutter and just making like fucking little little cookies with a dress and little cookies without a dress? Is that what he's doing? Because you've never met. Uh, a, a guy or a girl who have had some sort of gender bending qualities about them. They've always just been like every guy, you know, fucking loves football, strip clubs and like fucking Ford trucks. Like and every girl <laughs> likes baking, birthing and sleeping. You know what I mean? Like right. it's like like, you know, what I mean, like every person is exactly like what what world does this guy live in? where everybody is fucking every female is the same and every male is the same and that there's no variation in species. No. Like you know, this guy he doesn't live in reality. Well that's the thing too is that he's probably surrounded by people whose whose masculine and feminine identities have been so shaped by the church and so shaped by the pressures of the people around them in church that the you know the the, the women are afraid to be anything other than stereotypically feminine, and the men would be afraid to be anything other than stereotypically masculine. Right, and it so everything that guy, reinforces. Yeah, it reminds me of that guy who was like, who's like, well, I tell my wife to make food and not be on Facebook all day. And oh, you remember God, that guy? That was the fucking guy. guy. <laughs> like that. Like that guy lives in the same world. Right. You know what I mean? Like that guy lives in the exact. We're just like, you know, if your boy's gay, you got to slap it out of him. You know what I mean? Like right. it's just like, okay, yeah. well, these people don't understand how human beings work. No, they don't. They don't because they don't understand how DNA works. <laughs> So we want to give a special thanks and a shout out to threadsadoubt.com for donating five shirts for our prizes for the people who voted. We got tons of people who sent in uh, for the award entry uh, 
contest we were doing, we gave away two shirts and those two shirts went to Brandy and Chrissy. And then the other people who got shirts were Tom, Steve, Gene, Nick, and the other person's is an email account, so I don't want to say their name. But those are the people who got the the uh, the shirts. So we want to thank them for uh, for participating and and sending us the pictures. We want to thank everybody else who sent in stuff. And I know a ton of you sent in multiples. Um, I did a random number generator and picked out the people who won. And uh, and we're so happy that you guys voted us for us in the Stitcher Awards. We're going to see what happens uh, in the future. But we hope you guys get your shirts. The people who I sent you codes in the mail, just all you have to do is go to threadsadalk.com. They have that special code. Pick a shirt, enter it in. The, the shirt should be paid for. Let us know how that works. Threads of Doubt was so awesome to give us those, those five shirts for you guys. I went out and bought a shirt from Threads of Doubt. I got an Atheist shirt. I'll take a picture of it soon, and I'll put it on our Facebook page so you guys can see it. It's a great shirt. It's awesome. I can't wait to wear it out. So it's great that they did that, and uh, and we're also going to be getting pictures. I got asked, Chrissy said to me, she said she said in her email, she's like, oh, I get to choose which uh, which shirt. She's like, but I think I'll go with the glory hole shirts. And I was like, that's real brave. So I said, <laughs> big black glory hole shirt that's going over there. There's also a picture this week. I don't know if you saw, but Peter Bogazian was standing next to a guy who's standing there in a glory hole shirt, like pointing like, hey, and I didn't Peter see that. Really? He's just staring at the shirt like, what the fuck is happening? It's fucking great. Is it on our Twitters? It was on the Twitters. Yeah. Peter Bogosian. I mispronounce his name all the time. I mispronounce his name all the time. <laughs> That's but awesome. Anyway, uh, we want to thank Threads of Doubt for doing that. And if you guys want a want a shirt, I'm going to put a link to Threads of Doubt. It's a great site for getting. You know, like I said, we I got a I got a great shirt there, and there's a tons of shirt uh, logos that they have uh, for atheists and atheist thought. So we want to talk about the Google search. A bunch of people sent in different things. One person by the name of Jay said. Uh, I thought you might set you straight on how Google, uh, how to search Google in a neutral fashion. It is true that Google will, Google will search with your preferences, but it is possible to neutralize it. He says if you create a Gmail address and use it to log into Google, you will then have access to the settings. Uh, it looks like a cogwheel in the upper right-hand corner uh, in the in the Google window. In the settings, you can configure your browser to disregard your history and provide natural result, results. So if you're looking for Google to try to do that, um, you can do that. We also got an email from Eric and many other people who suggested a, a, a search engine called DuckDuckGo. Uh, it says they're transparent, open source friendly, and place emphasis on security. And uh, and so evidently they try to make sure that they don't uh, they don't bubble. So if you're interested in getting non bubble results, it looks like DuckDuckGo or fiddle with your Google settings are the ways to go. We got an email from Dean about secular funerals. He says, now I'm catching up on some of the podcasts from the fall and somewhere uh, toward the end of episodes 120 and 123, some listeners expressed frustration about religious funerals. The content is often demeaning and it is uh, it is usually an oblivious minister that is utilizing a template slightly modified to fit the to fit the deceased. He says, you might be interested to know that a Freedom From Religion Foundation website can provide some ideas and instructions uh, for having a secular funeral. And he gave us a link. So we're going to put that link up. Thank you, Dean. Very nice of you to put that link up there. Yeah, I think that's a great resource. Um, you know, for anybody who is looking for that, check out our uh, site. Cecil will put that up there. I won't. I won't do a fucking thing. No, no, no you won't. No. We got an email from uh, from. Is it Tamara? 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 I don't know. Yeah. Tamara? Tamara. I, mean, I, don't, I don't even know. Yeah, Tamara, because it's Tamara. like camera. Right. Camera. It's Tamara. Yeah. 
Tamara, I'm going to say. I knew a Tamara, and it was pronounced Tamara. I think Tamara just sounds more fancy. I kind of like Tamara. Yeah. Tamara, Tamara, and Tamara. Yeah, it's like like you're slurring the word Tamara. Yeah. Um, But anyway, uh, she sends a a message and says, uh, she says that she just started listening uh, a few months ago. She listened from the very beginning. And uh, she says she, you know, she said she really liked the show. But she also says last year uh, I I missed my very first Tam since number six. And not only was I disappointed that I missed Tam, but I was also disappointed that I missed out on meeting you guys. Although I don't think she was listening to our show at that time. So she probably wouldn't have met us. Um, We would have just been the two fat guys in the corner (laughs) with no one talking to them. Um, (laughs) Muttering to ourselves. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why. But she wouldn't have talked to us anyway. But in any case, she says she missed meeting us. She was, uh, she said, I'm going to try to, uh, very hard to go this year and was wondering if you two are planning to attend this year as well. Uh, it, Tom actually, I know for sure is not going, I'm not going this year, but Tom, Tom has a very important date in July that he's not going to be able to miss. Yeah. My fucking second child is due like in July, like the first, like the first week of July should have a baby a coming. So, yeah. So, um, as I'm to understand. <laughs> <laughs> and the best part is, is as I to understand, you've already had a child. <laughs> this is your second child. This, so. is, this is an event at which uh, my yeah. presence will not be requested, but right. required. <laughs> and were I to uh, try to abscond to Vegas yeah, and tell great. my wife... <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that'd be awesome. Enjoy man. birthing that baby. Yeah. I will be in Vegas. <laughs> I'll be texting you the Lamas instructions. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh B R E A. Oh fuck it. Whatever. <laughs> copy paste. It, copy paste. Uh, this it autocorrected to beat. It autocorrected the beat. I don't understand why it did that. No, I don't want you to beat it, honey. I want you to breathe. You know, I know you can get married very easily in Vegas, yeah. but I would find out <laughs> you quickly. You get divorced, I bet. <laughs> How quickly you get divorced in Vegas. Yeah. 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 So Tom definitively is not going, and no. I don't think I'm going this year, but uh, but thank you for uh, for for mentioning it. I don't think we're going to go this year. You know, there may be another skeptical conference that we might make it to. We got uh, we got our, our shit busted because Skeptic Camp Chicago is coming up. We couldn't make it the last two years. Last year, we were out of town. The previous year, though, we gave hundred bucks to Skeptic Camp. We like yeah, donated, we did, didn't we? We gave money to Skeptic Camp. <laughs> it's better than our we fucking presence. That shit. No I'll kidding, you. right? Why do they want us there? We just we just take up more seats. We take up like four or five seats a piece. That's like you, why do they want us? To, yeah. they, you're gonna have to fucking muzzle us anyway. You know, yeah, it's not no like kidding. They, yeah. I'll tell you what. My presence doesn't help you. I don't care yeah. what. <laughs> event you're organizing <laughs> nobody has when i have left a room nobody has ever said i'm glad he can <laughs> i'm gonna see if i can go the difficulty for me of course is that i'm teaching a class that quarter and i may be meeting on that saturday so i don't know if i'm gonna be able to make it but we'll we'll let uh the people know if we can make it that week um hopefully we can tom hopefully we can get out there uh, but Skeptic Camp Chicago is going to be on the 5th of April this year from 10 to 6. It's going to be held at the Irish American Heritage Center, which is at 4626 North Knox, 60630. There's a fucking bar in there. Look, I have been to the Irish American Heritage Center. There's a bar. Of course there so is. That's it's all I'm the saying. Irish American Heritage Center. They also have a potato bar as well. <laughs> <laughs> 
Do they have a famine bar? No. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, we're gonna try, we're gonna try to make it. We'll let you know as we get closer. But uh, but if you guys want to uh, want to show up, with, they had asked us to to speak. Somebody had asked us to speak. We don't have anything to say. Nobody what wants to say? hear us talk. I have nothing to say. Like I really, I don't have a lecture put out, and I don't have a le- anything I could lecture on. I'm just like a dude. Like I don't have a. I'm not a. I'm not a thinker in the movement. I'm just a guy who makes dick jokes. You know, I, I mean? can't like and talks about farts and things. So for the life of me, I can't imagine why anybody would want me on a stage other than no. as like a freak show aside. No, you know, no like, one would. No next one would to the want bearded lady, I'll fit in. Uh, yeah. Any other way. <laughs> No fucking way. But I will yeah. drink some no. of your beers and I will try to go. I would love to go. Yeah. I think it sounds like fun. Yeah, it'll be a good time. We'll see if we can make it. Like I said, if my class doesn't, uh, I'm still trying to figure out my, I have to get my classroom assignment and all that crap. But once I figure it all out, then I'll know whether or not I'll have to uh, run a class on the 5th. And if I do, then I can't make it. But if I can, then great, I'll be there. We appeared on the herd mentality this week. We mentioned it a little bit earlier in the show, but we appeared on the herd mentality. We're going to leave a a link to it uh, on this episode, episode 135. So if you're interested in hearing us talk with uh, comedian Tim uh, from Australia and Adam Reeks about comedy and not be funny, uh, then you're going to want to listen to that. Because it's well, there is some funny parts. I can't I can't I can't lie. And he did. a. don't know if you heard his skit, but his skit is very funny at the end. So there's it's definitely worth listening to. And uh, and he did a hell of a job editing it because, um, yeah, yeah, he has recording it. I I wasn't confident (laughs) that it was going to be very I I didn't think that I came off as very uh, listenable when I was on it. But uh, but he did a great job of editing it. So he it sounds great. So go check it out. It's Adam Reek's podcast called The Herd Mentality. And uh, and it's and it's episode thirty nine. Well, Andrew, uh, Sir Andrew or Andruid sent us a poem and uh, this poem he read for us uh, on a Google voice mail. Now, Andruid uh, or Sir Andrew, as we like to call him here, uh, he uh, he left a little bit of extra stuff at the beginning and the end. He basically said uh, this is a poem I wrote and and uh, he also said that he thanked us for the show and things like that. So he gave us a little preamble and a little postamble. I'm cutting those out and just leaving his poem and I'm going to play it as a skeptic's creed, but we haven't done a Google translate in forever. So we want to read Andrew's version of the Google translate. Then I'll close the show. And if you want to hear Andrew's poem, listen to where we would normally put the skeptic's creed. So Tom, would you please read Andrew's translate? Hey, owing well, Mets Eastern time. This is your Andrew. Also, <laughs> Andrew it. I'll talk to you a couple of times in the past. I have a literary offering for you. I sells inspired the other day, and I've wrote upon after having lessons. Two. Some recordings of your heroes, yeah. And I'll call it away with y'all way. We're going way goodbye. God. <laughs> And I wanted to know that if you, yeah, if you, yeah, would find it, where the enough, the play on your want to show. So, yeah, out for the two-two here goes. When I was young, you tortured me. You washed my every move. Ready to correct to me and always disprove, I watched you probably others and invite them with your hate. 
split families and lovers and resign them to their fate. You teach sits. Thinking on your own is a way to Ms. B. A's. Priests and politicians. All <laughs> you priests. It's priests. That's the best. What does that even I mean? That's not a word. In politicians, yeah. all use you to inflate. If you were Rio, I didn't want you. <laughs> Hope your job site be exempt. <laughs> I don't. I'd list your sins right back at you and hold you in contempt. You're a bully and a bracket. You're Teddy Jealous Week. I love. I actually really like that. Teddy Jealous Teddy Week. That's Jealous the name Week of the show. Teddy great. Jealous Week is the name of this oh, show. That's I love just it. the fucking name of it. Teddy Jealous. I love that. <laughs> That's the best. The self-obsessive want to be a mean, controlling, free. I need not your commandments. I know what's right for me. What the eating? Who the love? <laughs> what the eating? Who the love I choose because I'm free. I see you're not your judgment, North Dryer Rap. <laughs> Google fucking translate is nailing this. <laughs> this is a bam bang translation. Oh, it totally I, is. I wish not your forgiveness. I walk a different. I can safely let you go. You were never there at all. Yep. Hour that I gave you. To my own self, I recall. I reject you and tonight you and all your kids. <laughs> In kind. I've no need to from made up things. I made up my downline. Yes, one, Tom. I hope you guys really enjoyed that. And I hope you feel where these share with all the people wasn't York most. Actually, I guess. Keep robbing power from blindness and ignorance. And please, keep giving it to you, yo. You soon. <laughs> Thank you. That was the best one we read in a while. That was so great. That's so great. A Teddy Jealous Week is the name of this show. A Teddy Jealous Week is my new favorite three-word three, three word <laughs> phrase. It's fucking it's tremendous. So awesome. Like, fucking Google Translate fucking had a stroke. <laughs> this is the best one. This like, is the best one. It's drooling out of the left side of its mouth while it's trying to... This is how Bam Bang's fucking thing is 900 pages long. He ran it through Google Translate. Poetry is not Google's friend. I'll tell no, you that. Goodness, like, no, goodness no. Goodness no. Well... As always, we're not going to leave you with the Skeptic's Creed. This time, though, we're going to leave you with Andruid's poem, Sir Andrew. So thank you very much for listening, and we'll catch you next week when we will have on the show Jake from Imaginary Friend Show? Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. We're trying. All right, so a little added recording here. Before I pass you off to Andruid or Sir Andrew's poem at the end of the show, I wanted to uh, mention that this weekend, this upcoming weekend, the first of February. We are going to be on a show called Atheist Hangouts with David, uh, also Gamma Atheist on uh, on Twitter. His name is. Uh, he's going to be running a show with us. It's a live show. It's at 10 p.m. Eastern. We're going to put a link on this episode 135, but uh, if you want to tune in, uh, it'd be great to have more than, say, my wife watching. So if you're interested, this will almost certainly be the worst episode David has ever produced, but we're going to be on it. So if you want to watch it, uh, we'd encourage you to do so. I'm going to put a link, like I said, on this episode. So uh, check it out. 10 p.m. Eastern time next week on the 1st of February. And without further ado, here's a different poem from the Skeptic's Creed. I, uh, 
have a literary offering for you, and I call it Away with Yahweh, or Goodbye God. So, without further ado, here goes. When I was young, you tortured me. You watched my every move, ready to correct me and always disapprove. I watched you browbeat others and divide them with your hate, split families and lovers and resign them to their fate. You teach that thinking on your own is a way to misbehave, and the priests and politicians all use you to enslave. If you were real, I'd confront you. Of your guilt, I'd be exempt. I'd list your sins right back at you and hold you in contempt. You're a bully and a braggart. You're petty, jealous, weak. A self-obsessive wannabe, a mean, controlling freak. I need not your commandments. I know what's right for me. What to eat and who to love, I choose because I'm free. I fear not your judgment, nor fear I your wrath. I wish not your forgiveness. I walk a different path. I can safely let you go. You were never there at all. And the power that I gave you to my own self, I recall. I reject you and deny you and all your kith and kind. I've no need for made-up things. I've made up my own mind. The opinions and views expressed in this show are that of the hosts only. Our poorly formed and expressed notions do not represent those of our wives, employers, friends, families, or of the local dairy council. 